wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Now, please welcome at this time your hosts, Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau. You're listening to the next era of wrestling radio. This is Wrestle Rant Radio. Same show, Wrestle Rant Radio, January 4th, 2024. Mr. Marceau, brother, how's it going? Doing good. How are you? New year, new me, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I just said, New Year, same show. We were just joking about that mere seconds before I hit the record button here. But uh, really nothing changing here on the Wrestle Rant Radio front. If you want to hear our full thoughts and results from the 2023 WWE AEW Year in Review Awards, Go out of your way, check it out from last week's show. I had a great time breaking it down with Mr. Marceau. The best match of the year, men's superstar of the year, women's superstar of the year from both companies, and so on and so forth. So go back and check that out. But Mr. Marceau, I expected to just come on here and talk a little bit about day one, maybe the first dynamite of the year, preview 2024, give our predictions, and don't worry, we're still getting to that. I'm going to put myself on the spot here as well. Um, I did make some... Did I make a bold prediction? I'm trying to think. I think I already gave some of my predictions for 2024 in the wrestling world um, last week on hashtag AskGSM. I'll bring those back up. I'll ask you a little bit later on. Don't think I forgot about that. But I, was I, say, I was thinking about that, and I was like, hopefully you just forgot about it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, and we will still get around to it. It's like the teacher remembering that she assigned homework. But before we get to that, though, there is a lot more to get to. And again, I also expected to talk a little bit about World's End, which I was at last weekend. Had a great time. Fun show overall. Definitely one of their weaker pay-per-views, but certainly an eventful event by the end there. We'll get to it. And some other controversy surrounding that show. But this was far from a quiet week. For the first week of 2024, we have a lot of contract news, people maybe going to WWE, retirements, people signing with AEW, leaving AEW, the Chris Jericho controversy, money in the bank, the location being announced earlier today, um, a potential TNA star, Impact is now TNA in 2024, heading back to WWE as well, some World's End thoughts, Day One thoughts, Dynamite thoughts, and a lot more, Mr. Marsh. So we have a lot to get into here today. No, I can't wait. Like I said, there's a bunch of news. I didn't even know about the money in the bank thing. I just typed it into my computer, so I mean, know what's going on now, so perfect. <laughs> we'll get to that first in a second. New episodes every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com. Um, we are on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Apple, or not Apple Music, Amazon Music, rather. Apple Music as well, I suppose. Be sure to like the video, or that's uh, that's the YouTube stuff. I'm not sure why I'm mixing that up here. But be sure to rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show every single Thursday. And uh, we're, we're, we'll get into all the news every single week here as we head into Royal Rumble season, WrestleMania season. It's only going to get bigger and better from here as far as the stuff we're going to be talking about. But this is a jam-packed show to the point where I'm probably going to save the predictions for the very end, but like the world's end day one thoughts primarily closer to the second half because I have a lot of stuff to ask you about before then. But we'll get to first and foremost, not the most important piece of news by any means, but it did break earlier today and probably ties 
with what's going to be breaking later on tonight on the Peacock special. It could be something separate. I'm not sure. But Triple H announcing via Twitter earlier today, or X rather, that Money in the Bank is headed to Toronto, the Scotia Bank Arena in Toronto. All weekend, they're going to be in SmackDown or in Toronto for SmackDown that Friday. That's going to be July 5th, I think they said. I think I think July 4th is on a Thursday this year. Is that correct? Fifth, so SmackDown's the fifth, Money in the Bank's the sixth, and NXT Heat Wave's the seventh. Yeah, so they're doing the NXT Heat Wave has been a television special the last couple of years. They're bringing it to a Peacock special, and they're doing an NXT show. It kind of reminds me of the old TakeOver shows, doing it the same city in the same weekend. Um, and they've done NXT shows the same weekend as WWE shows, but not necessarily in the same city. But they're doing that this year with Money in the Bank, which is pretty cool, because uh, they haven't done... They don't really... I mean, last year they did um, the Great American Bash. <laughs> you can't really do the Great American Bash in Toronto. That really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's probably why it's Heat Wave and not the Great American Bash. Um, they'll probably do Great American Bash in the States at some other point earlier or later that month. Um, but I thought that was pretty cool. So your thoughts on the latest international event headed to Toronto after Montreal got a uh, Elimination Chamber, which we were there for last year. No, I, I really like it. Like you said, I've, we talked about this in the past. I feel like I like that they go to different markets. I obviously kind of delve. I like the territory history. I know like Toronto market was pretty big back in the day. Same with like Montreal, Ontario, and, like Quebec, all that stuff. So I'm glad they're going to Toronto. I feel like they always have a hot crowd. Um, I feel like they should eventually go back to the Rogers Center where uh, WrestleMania was. Um, but 18? Scotia Bank Arena, I feel like that should be a good show. And like I said, a full weekend of, of festivities uh, should be good. Honestly, I feel like not, that being announced, I'm more curious what they do with uh, Forbidden Door. I feel like they've had it in Toronto the last few years around the same time frame. So I wonder if they're going to change uh, change venues this year. Yes. Oh, you're talking about WrestleMania 18, right? In the uh, Roger Dome or whatever? WrestleMania 18, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, they haven't been there since then, I believe. No, I think they did Forbidden Door. The first one was in Chicago at the All-State Arena, I believe. United, I have it pulled up right here. First yeah. one was United Center, last year was Scotiabank. I thought, for some reason, I thought it was always international. I know, uh, I think I've heard something that's like easier for... The Japanese talent to get like visas in Canada than is the United oh, States. So. Interesting. I did not know that. I mean, that would make sense. They are going to Toronto, not Toronto specifically. I know AEW not too long ago announced the whole Canadian tour for like, they already announced their Canadian dates through the summer. So I don't think they're doing Forbidden Door there. I mean, I could check up on that. I don't think they are, but I know they're doing a lot of shows there next year. Probably not including Forbidden Door. Um, Money in the Bank taking that spot instead. It was around the same time. You are correct. They did Forbidden Door in late June last year, and this is early July, so it's really not that far off. Same arena, getting the getting another wrestling show from a different company about a year later. But Money in the Bank, dude, it's, it's cool to see because Money in the Bank has been one of their big, really big five pay-per-views for the past decade plus. I mean, going back to like the Punk match in 2011. But like the last three years, in 2021, it was kind of embarrassing. Or I'm sorry, 2022. 2021, it was their first pay-per-view back on the road, and that was in Texas. I remember that. 2022, bit of an embarrassing situation before business really started picking up. That was like the last pay-per-view, interestingly, under the Vince McMahon banner. They announced it for Allegiant Stadium in Vegas and ended up bumping it to the MGM Arena instead, or whatever arena it was in Vegas. Uh, They had to downsize because they weren't selling enough tickets for the arena show, and that was still a great show. And then last year, it was in London, so... Pretty cool that they're still taking Money in the Bank on the road to a different part of the uh, different part of the world. This time in Toronto, they're not doing Elimination Chamber in Toronto or Canada this year. So Canada's still getting another show this year, just not 
It's not Elimination Chamber, but Money in the Bank is probably the next best thing. So I think that's pretty cool. Do you think that's the announcement that Triple H was teasing for the WWE 2024 preview special coming out tonight at Peacock? I, I, I think it is, because I know people, it wasn't a report. Let me make that clear. It was fan speculation, or at least even just desires. I don't know if anyone actually thought this would be the case, but there were rumblings going around yesterday. Oh, what if it has something to do with TNA? Like a working agreement between the two companies, which sounds crazy, but honestly, TNA now is on, their streaming service is on something owned by Endeavor. It's called TNA Plus or whatever, but it's owned by Endeavor, which is interesting. And now they're calling their pay-per-views premium live events, which I'm not really sure why the fuck they would call it that if I mean, even even AEW just calls their shows pay-per-views. If you want to call them premium live events, that's fine. Um, that seems like a WWE term, so I'm not really sure why they're calling it that, unless they were working with them. I'm not saying they are, but I'm not saying it's also. I'm not saying it's impossible either. I don't think that's what the announcement is. PW Insider kind of uh, threw some water on that idea, and that's probably not what it's going to be. But I assume it's the Money in the Bank thing, right? And they just announced it early. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I feel like. I feel like really, so they, they, it probably is the Money in the Bank thing. I don't know why they announced it earlier, if that was going to be the moment. Actually, not everyone's on Twitter, so maybe um, that's why they're going to do it on the on the special later as well. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, it could be the, like I said, I, I doubt it's the TNA thing. I know they're on this, like you said, I know like they're they're on like the same platform that Endeavor owns. Maybe, if anything, I feel like we'd get probably more at the Rumble if we're going to have some kind of alignment. Um I just, I don't know, I feel like it's just the money in the bank thing and people overthinking it, but I mean, anything's possible, I guess. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. I mean, it depends what it is, because I had heard rumors, I mean, the reports of WWE not wanting to work with companies in 2024. We'll get to predictions a little bit later on, but I know they wanted to work with, maybe it was Stardom, it was a Japanese company, not New Japan. I forgot, I don't remember if it was Stardom. NXT's working with All Japan. NXT's working with All Japan, I know that. But I had thought I had seen, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Maybe I, I thought I was thinking of something else, that they were working with a women's rep, wrestling company in Japan, or they wanted to, or not were going, not are currently, but maybe wanted to. I'm not exactly sure. Um, they got to be careful, though, because WWE has worked with other indie promotions in the past, and All Japan isn't an indie promotion, but um, and it's not really... For WWE, like, I guess it is mutually beneficial to a degree. Like, he got their stuff on the network and later on Peacock, but it's not like we're seeing that talent on the show. I mean, with indie sh- with indie companies, it is what it is. Like, they worked with Evolve back in the day, and a lot of those people ended up getting signed. A lot of them ended up getting released, but a lot of them did end up getting signed. Austin Theory actually came from Evolve. He was the Evolve champion when he was signed. Johnny Gargano came from Evolve. So it has breeded some stars, Matt Riddle as well, among other people. Um, the, the TNA thing is interesting. I don't necessarily see that happening myself, but I also wouldn't completely... Count that out as a possibility. I know they were they had Mickey James in the Rumble. I think the only reason why they did that two years ago with her as the Impact Champion, the Knockouts Champion, was because they needed women for that Rumble, not because they wanted to break down the Forbidden Door. Although I think that would be the next step as far as surprise Rumble entrance, bringing back someone from the eighties, nineties, two thousands is cool and all. We've seen it a million times. Like last year, we got Booker T. Okay, we've been there, done that. Like it was a nice moment, but if you really want to surprise people, then you got to find the right person too, because. At these, at, like at the Rumble, for example, you have more hardcore fans. Like, if Okada were to come out, for example, like Alexis's dad, or maybe your dad, obviously, would have no fucking clue who Okada is. But I think if they got a big enough reaction in the arena, 
depending on who it is, then I think they would probably take notice of that person, at least in my opinion, if they were there to impress their, maybe not to come into WWE, but to do a working arrangement or something. So I know I said a lot there, but like, what would your thoughts be on WWE doing more with other promotions in 2024? Is it a good idea or should these companies be more careful about maybe working with WWE? Um, I feel like it's like a catch-22 for most of these companies. Like you said, I feel like it gets them on a bigger platform, but like you said, especially with Evolve, like, they took pretty much all their talent and then they kind of went out of business. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's it has to, yes, to kind of work with both. I mean, like last year when, when Impact was working with AEW, I feel like they really didn't get any benefit out of it. It was more for AEW, like AEW was getting all their stars and stuff like that. Um, I feel like it should be beneficial for both parties, so... I'm um, not sure exactly where you get there, but I think if you're going to do a partnership, you you would want it like to pay off fifty fifty, or at least a little get some kind of like rub out of it. I feel like most of these big companies just use these smaller companies use their talent, but then they got to get the rub out of it, and the small company really doesn't get anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it really has to come down to what are they getting out of it, and is it mutually beneficial? That's why WWE in the past, for anyone wondering, oh, why we haven't seen a WWE. I mean, nowadays TNA isn't really on the same level as WWE by any means, but in the past or even in recent years, why we haven't seen a super show at WWE and AEW? Because WWE doesn't get anything out of it. And like, I guarantee you when they had done, when I, I thought it was cool, but when they did the Jericho podcast on the network or on Peacock a few years ago with Steve Austin and Jericho, I mean, it was kind of one-sided. Like, they got Jericho on Peacock, and I thought that was cool, but a lot of people probably found out what AEW was through that through that interview, they probably had no idea what AEW was. And there's a lot of people in the WWE bubble. I think, not maybe not necessarily you and I, but I think a lot of people underestimate. There's a lot of people who only watch WWE and have either no fucking clue. Like, it's not that they choose to not watch AEW. They probably don't even know it exists because they're not on the internet. They're not on wrestling Twitter or wrestling TikTok or whatever, looking up shit on YouTube. They probably just watch Raw and SmackDown. And since there was no mention of AEW on their programming, why would they even know that exists? They probably just thought Cody came back after 10 years away. Same thing with CM Punk. There's probably a lot of people that thought he was not working anywhere for 10 plus years in wrestling. So, like, that's the, that's the issue. What I'm saying is, is if they start working with these other companies, it might kind of open the eyes to like, oh, there's this other company as well. I might check them out. And they ended up, it's like introducing a significant other to someone that's probably far more attractive. They ended up falling in love with that person instead of you. That might be the case with WWE and some fans where they turn off WWE and start watching those other promotions instead. I mean, it's definitely a possibility, so they have to be careful. Um, I think it'd be cool if they did that, but especially with TNA. TNA is at a point now where it's not really a threat to anyone, but if they were to have some sort of working agreement, I don't know what that would be. I'm not talking AEW Ring of Honor type thing because AEW just flat out bought Ring of Honor and they still run Ring of Honor, but it's basically Dark 2.0. Impact would have to survive as its own thing. If they bought Ring of Honor two years ago, that's what would have happened. It would have ended up as a fucking tab on Peacock. I mean, I'm going to tell you that right now. Impact should not be that same thing, but I don't even think that's going to happen. But on that same note, though, I do want to ask you about this, kind of talking about TNA. The report from Fightful a couple days ago uh, they teased, you know, former WWE name expected to come back. I'm thinking, okay, who could it be? I was surprised to read it's the current Impact Knockouts champion, Trinity, a.k.a. Naomi, who we haven't seen in WWE since she walked out with Sasha two years ago. She's expected back. Now, I don't even know what her contract looks like. She only went to TNA a year ago. She's been the champion since the summer. Um, she is defended. She is scheduled to defend the championship next weekend of their first TNA Hard to Kill pay-per-view. So maybe she drops it and then goes right back to WWE. 
I mean, that seems to be a pretty plausible possibility. Or do you think she pops up in Mickey James-esque fashion from the Rumble in 2020 where she shows up with the TNA Knockouts title? Uh, just give me your thoughts and maybe Naomi coming back to WWE so soon. No, I mean, I feel like when I saw the reports and I saw that it was her, it wasn't overly shocking. Um, I mean, her husband still works at WWE. Her brother-in-law works at WWE. Her Pretty much her whole other side of the family works at WWE. So I figured eventually she'd come back. Um, like I said, I'm not quite sure contractually what she's doing, but I think it would be more on the fact that she probably dropped the belt and come back. I don't think she'd just be like a one-off in the rubble. I think if she were to come back, I'm curious what they would do because I think Naomi coming back makes the most sense. I don't see her going to AEW. And that was the thing when she left WWE about a year ago when she you know, ended up walking out and her contract expired, whatever it was. Um, I was surprised... That she went to TNA because to me she felt like a WWE person or bust like as far as like she'd only ever wrestle for WWE and then she ended up surprising me by going to Impact and so far as someone who watches the product there, she's had a great run. She's been champion for a while. She's had some really good matches. She's been their biggest female star by far and they've really built that division around her Um, and it's not like, oh, Impact wasted a signing on her. She's going to go crawling back to WWE. I mean, I think Impact knows its identity at this point is where ex-AEW and WWE stars go to kind of rehab their careers before they end up either going back to one of those companies or it's like a landing, like a stopping point. They know that's what they are, so I'm not really concerned about that because they're not going to really get beyond a certain level themselves. Um, But I think Naomi going back, I wouldn't put her with the bloodline and that was the idea a few years ago. The glow stuff I know is over still, even an impact, but I think he would have to move on from that, right? I mean, that might sound, that might not be a popular opinion, but I feel like the glow thing has been done to death. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it on my TV in a while, so I guess I could give it. A, I guess I'd give it a run again, but I feel like by the end it was kind of running its course. If you ask me, I would only want to see her back, and I would like to see her back, but I only want to see them bring her back if she's actually going to do something of note this time. Not that she wasn't last time, because her, the last year of her career was probably the last, like one of the best years that she had in WWE, because she was being used in a consistent role first in the feud with Sonya, which went on for a very long time, but it was a story in the women's division beyond the title picture, which was nice. And then from there, she immediately transitioned into the Sasha tag team, which the women's tag titles mean nothing, but they tried and they were tag team champions and whatever. So that was nice. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I feel like it would have to be something consistent. If they just bring her back to do nothing, which they have done with other women. I mean, they brought back Emma who went on to do nothing, which ended up costing her her career in WWE. And she's been released and she hasn't done anything since, and that was only a couple months ago, so maybe she still will, obviously. Um, I feel like she'd have to be used, maybe not at a main event level, like at the level of a Becky or a Bailey or whatever, but she'd have to be brought back with a plan, in my opinion. No, definitely. I feel like with most of these women, especially like her and if Sasha ever came back, I feel like with the women that have been back, been in the company and coming back, the thing with her, at least that will help, or anyone that's kind of even if you said, like, Sasha Banks as well. Especially if she went to Raw. I mean, I bet you she'd go to SmackDown because that's where her husband is. But if she went to Raw, she'd be one of the top over people because everyone else in the Raw roster is kind of just there. Um, so that would definitely help off the bat. Um, but like I said, I also want them to have a plan. You just can't bring these people in and not do anything with them. I just feel like that's what kind of then gets people not caring about them and then they just don't get over at all. Um, but I feel like with her, at least she was in the company long enough, I feel like, Similar to, like, Nia, I feel like she'd instantly get a reaction. That's, so the thing with Nia, I gotta say this, and I've said this before, and I never thought I would say this, but they've actually done a very good job with Nia. I, I, I gotta admit. I mean, I think they brought her back with a plan in mind to kind of build her up a little bit, maybe do the Becky feud at some point, which they are currently. 
I mean, long-term, is she a real great asset to that division? I don't think so, but, I mean, she's not having bad matches. Her matches have been fine. The Becky match was good. I'm going to go in and out with, like, raw thoughts here, but um, I just wanted to get your quick, like, on, on a side tangent. With Nia, I mean, again, I'm no Nia fan. When they first brought her back, I even said to you on the show, check the archives, why? Like, what's the point? They already have enough women they're not doing anything with. But listen, she gets a reaction. She's not had bad matches. She's been put over a string of people with the idea that she's going to be this... She beat Becky Lynch on Monday clean. She beat her clean, which not a lot of people can say. And obviously, the idea is to put over Becky in the end, maybe face Rhea for the championship. I don't really need to see that match necessarily, but I think they can build her up for Becky, and then maybe she can put over Jade Cargill or something when she gets called up eventually. That's also an option. Um... Yeah, just give me your thoughts on Nia and how she's been used so far, which is why it kind of gives me some hope for someone like Naomi if she were to come back. And I agree with you, put her on Raw, because Raw is kind of lacking in the babyface department right now anyway. No, I really like what they've done with Nia. Like you said, I feel like when she uh, came back, I was similar thoughts with you, like why? I feel like been there, done that, really don't need to see it again. Um, But then just looking at the landscape just in a vacuum, I mean, like you said, she gets a reaction. She looks a lot better than she than she did when she left. I think that's a positive. I feel like uh, in-ring-wise, um, she's looked well. Like I said, they booked her extremely well. Uh, beat Becky on Raw. I feel like, she, like you said, they can build her up again. I would just do her and, and Rhea probably at the Perth show. I mean, I don't think Rhea will lose, but I mean, I feel like that would be a perfect opponent for her there. Um, yeah, Rhea would be like the babyface, kind of. Yeah, it makes sense, actually. So that makes sense, because Rhea would be the babyface. Nia's just the monster heel. Um, but no, I, I, like I said, I feel like her booking is what those other people should look at and be like, what was she doing before? What they do with her now? Clearly they had a plan. So like I said, there's, I think the plan's always the most important part. Cause if you don't have a plan for these people that'll sit in the fucking catering and do nothing. But yeah. for what they've done with Nia, I feel like it might also just also help with her that she's on raw. No one else is really over. So she act, like, I feel like that also does help if she was on SmackDown. I don't know if. I feel like it'd probably be similar, but at least on Raw, like, besides Rhea and, and Becky, like, she's the next highest person on care meter from people, even if they're booing her, so, but I think as a booking, they've done her extremely well. I think they have. I think she's had a decent run so far. We'll see how it ends up shaking out as far as what they do with her beyond the Becky stuff and the Rhea stuff. Is she just on the show again as she was a few years ago? Because everyone kind of has a shelf life storyline-wise as far as creatively, and, uh, you know, maybe hers is a bit shorter than most, but, you know, so far, so good. I can't really complain too much as far as her presence on the program. You mentioned Sasha Banks, that we got to talk about her. Mercedes Monet, another big name in the news this week. Where is she going? And she's been a hot topic of conversation for the past month now. I mean, really, since she left back in May of 2022, but specifically over the past month or two, is she going to AEW? Because we saw her all in. She was in the crowd. She had a fucking boot on her foot. We didn't see that on camera, but... She was still injured. She has been injured since last May. She left the WWE in May of 2022. She got her a year, almost exactly a year later in May of 2023. She's been out injured ever since. She's either cleared now or is soon to be cleared very, very soon. We saw her training in the ring about a month or two ago. She put up the video on her socials and on YouTube. So she's due back any day now. Honestly, there's three options. There's not even just two options. She either goes to AEW where she is expected imminently by WWE sources. There were said to be talks between her and WWE. And we even talked about it. I expected her back in WWE a few weeks ago because it would seem to make sense to kind of bring her in to incorporate her into the Bailey storyline. Her and Bailey against Damage Control makes sense. And we could still see her in WWE with the Rumble right around the corner. Let's not discount that possibility. 
There's those two things. The third option, not as likely, I understand, but we have to mention it. TNA is another possibility for two reasons. One, her best friend, one of her best friends, Trinity, is there. Um, they're signing her. Uh, they, signing her. She's already there. I mean, obviously, she seems like she's on her way out, reportedly. But, um, you know, she could join her for a one-off match or an appearance or something at their hard-to-kill pay-per-view. That was my second point. They're promising one of the biggest signings. I don't know of, of all time. That sounds like kind of, uh, you know, hyperbole, but, you know, they're, they're, they're promising a massive signing for their hard-to-kill pay-per-view next weekend. So if it's, if it's TNA where she's ending up, we would find out next weekend. If she's not on that show, then she's not going to TNA. Do they have it in their budget to bring in Sasha Banks? Probably not. Um, but they also didn't sign Will Ospreay and CM Punk, and they were willing to offer them a lot of money. So honestly, maybe they do. So I'm not exactly sure. She might be just going there because she would find it fun. But as of today, January 4th, 2023. I haven't watched Wrestle Kingdom yet. I don't think she was on that show from looking at my timeline quickly. Um, I did see one notable face that was on that show, which was interesting, but we'll talk about that another time. Sasha Banks, where as of today, Mr. Marceau, do you see her ending up in 2024? We're on Sasha Banks' Mercedes Monet watch right now. If I was a betting man, which I'm not, well, occasionally, <laughs> I sprinkle a little bit on football. I, I, saw you in, I saw you in Vegas. I sprinkle a little bit on the table sometimes. <laughs> if I was a betting man, I think she's going to WWE. I think the AEW thing is kind of like a smokescreen for people to not just come out and say they're interested in her. I feel like they've kind of lately kept those kind of rumors and stuff under wraps. Um, I don't know. I just feel like her going to WWE makes the most sense right now, especially storyline-wise. Like, there is a pl- like We always say, like we just discussed, there needs to be a plan. They could just literally incorporate her right in the damage control thing, and it's kind of like the, one of the better things on SmackDown. So it makes sense. Um, I mean, I guess she could go to TNA. I don't think it's as li- that likely. Like I said, I think maybe her and tr- her and Trinity do something. But like I said, I feel like she's kind of on her way out, or it seems like she's on her way out. So I'm not sure if that's just like a one night thing or whatever. And with AEW, I just, I mean, I I just feel like for her, it wouldn't make the most sense. I mean, they just signed Deanna Peraza last night. I mean, mm-hmm. is she going to actually wrestle? Is she just going to be on Rampage every week or ROH? I don't know. You're talking about um, Deanna or Mercedes there? Deanna. I'm okay, saying. yeah. So I just feel like they have so many other women that they're not using. Like, especially ex-WWE people. I mean, I feel like she'd be big for a little bit, and then what do you do with her next? So if I was there, I'd go to WWE. I feel like it makes the most sense. Um, seems like she's pretty strict on the contract, so maybe that's what's kind of holding it up. But uh, I think if I'm making a prediction now, I say she goes to WWE. I mean, the exact timeline was that coming off of that all-in appearance, there were said to be working plans to bring her into AEW and creative plans or whatever. No, those those plans were then thrown away because it didn't look like she was coming in. She then engaged in talks with WWE, which went friendly, apparently. That was the word that I think uh, Fightful used, and that was kind of dissipated, and she's not coming in. Probably a money thing. That was another... I don't know if it was Fightful or someone else who had said that, that it was said to be a money holdup as far as, you know, she probably thinks that she's worth this much and they don't want to pay her that much, you know, whatever. That's, that's all, you know, subjective. And then she's going to go back to AEW and maybe have a talking agreement with them. Now, she didn't show up last night, so I kind of fully expected, honestly, to see her last night, which is why I watched the show live. She did not show up. We got Deanna Perrazzo instead, who I'll get to in a minute. I don't think that necessarily means that she's not going to AEW. I, I think it would have been kind of dumb if they brought them both out on the same night. I mean, Deanna Perrazzo was from New Jersey, so her being out there was probably her best bet at, at arriving in AEW and getting a good reaction. She got a pretty decent reaction because she's from that area. People knew who she was. I thought that was cool. You're not going to bring up Mercedes on the same show. That would kind of overshadow Deanna. I think that'd be dumb. So she could still show up next week. 
the week after, Revolution, whatever it might be. Um, I think WWE, I would agree, though, might be the best place because in AEW, what do you really do with her? Deanna going to AEW as a babyface is interesting. It sounds like we might be getting Tony and Deanna for the women's title at some point. I like that. But kind of merging the Deanna and Mercedes talk, you already alluded to Deanna and what she might be doing. The Tony thing makes sense. I, I, they've really got to tread carefully, dude. I think adding more women to their ranks is great. They have a really robust women's division across even Ring of Honor as well. But there's no clear line between who's in AEW and who's in Ring of Honor. There's no, like They're all just on the same fucking roster, which I feel like is an issue because it's not like WWE where you kind of have divisions. So we know for a fact that they're not over, but we're getting Tegan Knox every Monday, Sheena every Monday. If it was all the same roster, we're getting Tony Storm on all three shows, if that makes sense. Julia Hart, same thing. Um, long term, do you see Deanna Perrazzo getting lost in the shuffle in AEW? What are her ex- what well, your expectations rather for her in AEW or Ring of Honor? I guess. Yeah, no, I really like her. I mean, I, she was in NXT a few years ago. And I really thought she was like an up and comer. Um, they never officially. I don't think they ever even signed her. Um, if they did, it was just to NXT, and it never really went anywhere. Um, she was in Impact. Um, saw some of the stuff with her in there, which was pretty good. Um, but with her in AEW, like I said, I feel like. It's, you said it correctly. You got to tread really lightly with her. Um, I mean, if she's going to write the Tony right off the bat, I just see, I mean, prediction, I don't see her beating Tony. So then it's just kind of like the AEW, go for the title, lose. And then it's kind of like the follow-up. And like I said, I just kind of fear that she'll face Tony, lose, and then what, right off to Rampage or ROH? I just, I don't really see her getting above a certain level in AEW. I just, I think she's really good. I like her a lot. I just, with who they've signed and not used, I just don't know why they would use her over them uh, specifically. So, I honestly, if I was making a prediction, I feel like she'll be on ROH or Rampage coming up in the next month or two after she loses the Tony, but maybe they can prove me wrong. Yeah, I mean, look, at, so it's, you have cases of both. You have someone like a Tony Storm who's probably the best female signing they've ever had. I mean, if you're not counting Britt Baker and building a division around her initially. But, like, with, with Tony Storm, they brought her in two years ago. It took her a while to kind of find her footing and become champion and really, you know, get over the way that she has now and finding a character that works for her. Uh, Ruby Soho is just another cog in the wheel. Soraya's there. She's on the show almost every week, but she's a manager, and her work has been, you know, it's, it's had its hits and misses in the last year and a half. But then you also have someone like a uh, Taya Valkyrie, who they brought in kind of in similar fashion to Deanna Perrazzo came in, immediately challenged Jade Cargill for the TBS Championship, and lost multiple times. She then went for the other women's title, lost multiple times. And now she's on Rampage. She was on Rampage, pretty con- you know, not consistently, but she was relegated to Rampage. And now she's on Ring of Honor TV, and that's what she's doing there. Better than nothing, I suppose, but I, I can't compare that to what she would be doing in WWE. Maybe she would be doing the exact same thing in WWE. I'm not sure. But I'd rather see someone like a Deanna, who I think is, and I think Ty is very talented as well. I don't want to just see her get brought in and then go on to do nothing. I mean, she is young enough where Deanna, I mean, she was in WWE. She probably still has a sour taste in her mouth from how they used her the last time. She was signed to NXT. And the funny thing is, she was there for like three years. Like, she was in developmental for a very long time. Like, no one remembers that because she was on, she made a couple of appearances on TV, but not as a regular. She was just there to job to people. And she wasn't the same performer she is now. Going to Impact really helped. But, man, they just did fucking nothing with her there. And then they just canned her during COVID. Um, I mean, I think she could always go back down the road. But 
I don't know. Do you see? Do you think she made the right choice? If she went to NXT, I guess she could have been a top heel for them. But they already, already, you know, they already have Davenport, Cora Jade. They already signed Jade Cargill. They might be bringing in Camille, a former NWA Women's Champion. Um, maybe she made the right choice. I think it's tough to say right now. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess time, only time will tell. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly even if they'll even offer it or anything. I, obviously, we don't know that contractually. But uh, no, I, I like her a lot. I just. I just fear that she's just going to be, like I said, I guess on ROH or Rampage is better than nothing. Like I said, I think going to Impact definitely helped her a lot. Um, but, I mean, I guess, like I said, I'm assuming she's probably making more money than she was making at Impact anyway. So, yeah. I guess you can't fault her if that's the case. But I just, I feel like she should be at, used at a higher level. With WWE specifically, they just have so many top-tier women. I, I mean, I get it. Like, not everyone's going to get pushed. Um it's just, it's honestly with them specifically, WWE specifically, I feel like it's, it's just so, the top, so it's so top heavy with the women that I understand why there's some women that just don't get used. Yeah, I mean, especially on Raw, they have a lot of women on that Raw roster on SmackDown, they could benefit actually from having more women because it really just kind of feels like it's the baby faces against damage control. I'm not even sure if SmackDown has a heel. I'm sorry, they do. They had Isla Dawn and Kaylee Ray, if you count them as heels, I'm not exactly sure, but... They don't have a lot of female heels on that show that are not in damage control. And that's like the central storyline on that show. And that's nice and all, but I don't want them feeding with Bianca Belair for the next six months as they have been. I mean, that shit, it's just, it's been tired for a long time now. Even with War Games, they won War Games and they're still feuding to this day, which is dumb. But yeah, I know, we'll see. They're already in the process of signing more women. Like I said, they might be signing Camille. They already have Jade Cargill, who was yet to arrive on WWE television. I think she's going to be in the Women's Royal Rumble. Not exactly a bold prediction, but probably happening uh, in a couple of weeks. So, Julia's another name. We talked about her before. The New Japan Strong Women's Champion, I think. I think that's the title that she either holds currently or has held in the past. I don't know. Um, she's very impressive. She said this week she wants to stay in Japan. She could be kayfaving people. We have no idea. So, keep an eye out for those names, potentially. Either coming to WWE or AEW, it's going to be uh, very interesting to follow in 2024. A couple more things here, Mr. Marceau. Another news item from... Saturday, uh, which was a very big news day in the world of wrestling. Kevin Dunn, after, what, 30-plus years with WWE, maybe 40, retiring from the company. Now, he's been with WWE for a very long time. I don't know if he's the company's longest-tenured person. I know Howard Finkel was for a very long time. He obviously passed a few years ago. That might make Kevin Dunn the longest-tenured employee in WWE history. I could be wrong about that. But his story is pretty well-documented as far as saving the uh, tapes from the fire and uh, the McMahon family was in, in, you know, indebted to him as a result of that job for life, blah, blah, blah. He's been their head of production for a very long time now. You don't see him on WWE TV, but you've certainly seen what he's capable of with the fucking camera shakes and stuff. Not to say everything that, that has Kevin Dunn's fingerprints on it is bad. He just gets a lot of shit for the bad stuff, and understandably so. He gets a bad rap probably for the you know justified reasons. But he is indeed gone from WWE after 30, 40 plus years there. Kind of in a quick move. I guess they wanted him to stay through the Rumble or Mania. And he said, nope, just want a clean cut as of January 1st. And uh, I think he's gone. So I don't know who his replacement is. Probably whoever the team is already there currently. But he's now gone from WWE. Probably because he was a loyalist to Vince. And Vince hasn't been there in a while. So I guess that would make the most sense. Um, But your reaction to Kevin Dunn leaving WWE this past week. Yeah, Kevin Dunn, like I said, I feel like, obviously I haven't seen him on TV, but everyone knows of him. Um, like you said, I think he just, it's more of a, like, he was like one of the last Vince holdovers. He's been there forever. I think he's pretty loyal to Vince, so 
uh, at this time. He's just like, see ya. So, I mean, now it's not like it's like, like you said, I'm assuming whoever's hoping for production will take over and not like it's a huge, huge loss. But, uh, like I said, he's been with the company for a long time, so definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a negative thing that he's gone. If anything, it could be a positive. So that was my second part of the question. Do you think Kevin Dunn being gone? Because we've heard this for years. Oh, the camera cuts are awful. They got to get rid of Kevin Dunn. Fire Kevin Dunn. Triple H was never going to let go of Kevin Dunn. That was never going to happen. He was going to leave on his own, and shockingly, he did. That really surprised me. And he has a lot more influence than people think. He's not just, oh, he's the camera guy. No, he, like he's a pretty high-ranking official in that company. I, I said this on Hashtag yesterday, but when it came to, like, the releases and stuff like that, Nick Khan, coming from himself, this was not a report. This was from Nick Khan himself. It was a Nick Khan decision to let people go. <clears throat> Obviously, the buck stops with Vince, or at least at that point it did. It was Vince, Nick Khan, Triple H, Stephanie, again, who no longer is in the company, and Kevin Dunn, which sounds fucking bizarre. It's like, why the fuck would he have any say? He's, a, he's the head of production. Who gives a shit? Um, but he has a lot of stock in that company, like literal stock in the company. So, um, you know, he he ranks pretty high up there and now he's gone. Do you think this is going to have an adverse effect on the on-air product at all, as far as making things look better? Because we've heard the rumors for years and I know you've seen the Cornette videos with him talking about how much he fucking hates Kevin Dunn with like how much he does not like wrestling. Uh, maybe we see more of a shift in what they focus on camera wise. Do you see this affecting the on-air product at all? Um, I mean, maybe minor, like you said, I feel like it's, I mean, the people that were underneath him were clearly training on him, so they know, like, the same kind of tendency, yeah. so I'd be interested to see if it changes too much, but, uh, like I said, I don't think it really too change, change on TV too much. And not dramatically, I know kicking off Raw on Monday this past week, we had Wade Barrett and Michael Cole in the ring, which I really liked, actually, I don't know if that was a production thing or just a Triple H call, and, you know, maybe Triple H had these ideas and Kevin Dunn would veto them, because... Kevin Dunn maybe in the past would have more power than Triple H. I don't know. But we saw Michael Cole and Wade Barrett, the commentators for Raw, in the ring uh, running down the car for the day one show that night. And I thought that was cool. I think we can, uh, maybe not every week, but certainly with the more special shows, I think that'd be pretty sweet. Uh, speaking of that, a quick side note. That was all another announcement from this past week. Going back to two-man booths, not exactly a dramatic change, but it's going to be Cole and Barrett on Raw as it has been. But the only real change being made, Cole is no longer on SmackDown. It's going to be Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves going forward. So I think the same teams that we had a year ago, just on separate shows, uh, they're flipping the brands with them, and Michael Cole is no longer pulling double duty. They announced that over SummerSlam they would be putting Michael Cole on both shows. I remember we were discussing it when I saw you in Detroit. Um, I didn't like that because I didn't like the overexposure for Cole. He's doing great work. I didn't need to see him on both shows. And it sounds like the only reason they did that was to give Kevin Patrick more of a rep more reps, rather, with someone that's experienced, but maybe they feel he's ready to go on his own now, I guess. Uh, what's your reaction to that news? Um, I mean, I don't really love Kevin Patrick, so I have fine with Cole on both shows. Um, like I said, I get it. It's like overexposure of Cole can be a lot. Um, I do like how they started the show with the both the announcers in the ring. Kind of give like that sport feeling if you're watching like a football game. Like yeah. You see the announcers first. They kind of go over like things about the game or about what you're about to see, and then you get right into it. So definitely gave you more of a sport-like feel there. I wouldn't do it every Raw. I would probably do it during the pay-per-views or like maybe a special show. Um, but I do like the touch of, like I said, it felt like they kind of introduced you into the show like a sports broadcast would do. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's definitely not something, I, I can't say they've never done that. They've definitely done it before, but it's not an often thing that they do. And maybe just more for the special shows, maybe for a pay-per-view, I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, I thought that was a nice way to kick off their first Raw of the New Year. So getting into more concrete news here as we head into the second half, uh, the Jericho stuff we've got to talk about first before I even address World's End because, I mean, that did affect his match at World's End. 
So it came out on Saturday. There was a lot of stuff going on with Jericho, really, over the past week. We didn't talk about it last week here on the show, but it did start even before last week's show on Christmas morning because it came out a few days before Christmas that I think it was on the 22nd or 23rd, whatever it was, from, uh, I think it was from Stephen P. News interview, actually, who was the lawyer that represents Cornette and Punk, Ace Steel, among other people, among other wrestlers in the industry. He had said on a podcast with Rip Rogers that Ace Steel's wife was not beholden to an NDA, as Ace Steel would have been, Punk would have been, they're signed at lifelong NDAs, which is wild, but that's just what the situation is. So we're never going to get that uh, pipe bomb promo, I mean, the prom- not promo, but like a podcast from Punk about this whole thing, or even Ace Steel, maybe the wife. So then Jericho, out of nowhere, who seemingly has nothing to do with the situation, speaks up about it on Christmas morning. And I'll give you just the Spark Notes version. I won't go into every detail about this. But he basically just said, oh, I'm not beholden to an NDA. I would never sign an NDA, blah, blah, blah. And then he kind of went back and forth with Jericho, or uh, the uh, the lawyer, uh, that morning on Christmas morning at like fucking 4 o'clock in the morning. It was just crazy. Like, what are you even doing? This has nothing to do with you. Nick Hausman of House of Wrestling spoke up and said, what about the NDAs that you've had people sign? Talking to Jericho. Jericho then blocks Hausman. Hausman then goes on his own show a couple days later, a rumor and innuendo, I think is the name of the show, talking about how he didn't cite any specific situation as far as what Jericho has done. He just said, personally, he's not a Jericho fan. He's not talking about like the on-air character stuff. He's talking about stuff that Jericho has thrown his power around a little bit and influence and some stuff that he's been guilty of that may come out over time that he can't speak about because why would you just throw the victim's name out there or people that are involved, they don't want their name out there, blah, blah, blah. That same day, the Kylie Ray thing happened where someone had posted a, I think a Facebook post with the name blurred out, this fucking weird, basically just implying, oh, you don't leave the hottest fed um, out of nowhere. And, and they kind of it, it told the story briefly about how, I guess Kylie Ray was called into Jericho's room under the impression other people were there, his hotel room, no one was there. He made a pass at her. No other details were given that specifically says that in the post. And she ended up leaving soon after she ended up quitting. Now, she could be under NDA, Jericho, Tony Khan, whatever, which is why we never heard about it until now. Why is it making the rounds now? I don't know. People attributed that story to Hausman saying that's what he was talking about. He was never talking about that. So he spent, he made that pretty clear a couple days ago. Why he came out about it a couple days ago and not over World's End weekend when this first thing came about? Why did he wait until Tuesday to discuss that? I don't know. That was a little weird as well. So it's just a lot of stuff. Jericho getting NDA chance at the at the pay-per-view during his match. People booing him when he came out. I was there, so I could tell you that. Tony Khan getting asked about it. The post-show media scrum. Really just no comment. Just calling it the safest place in the world, even though three months ago... He said he feared for his life during the CM Punk All-In situation. Something doesn't really add up there. And when asked specifically by a few different reporters in that scrum, did you or did you not investigate Chris Jericho? Never specifically mentioning Kylie Ray's name, nor did they need to. But they just added, at any point, has he been under any undersort, excuse me, any undersort of investigation at AEW? And he said, he did not say yes or no, he just said it's the safest place to work, which was a non-answer, which is nothing new from Tony Khan. So, I apologize for all that, Mr. Marceau, but just to add some context here to the situation, what's your take on the whole thing? We haven't really had an update in a couple days now. <clears throat> to me, it just kind of feels like a wait-and-see type, uh, wait type of situation. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I feel like, obviously, we don't know all the details. A lot of speculation. So, Jericho on kind of kind of like opened himself up to it. Like I said, the Stephen P. New thing came out. Jericho trying to say that he didn't sign NDA, even though he wasn't. 
people have said he wasn't there, so I'm not sure exactly why he's even getting involved in this. Um, so which, like you said, then led to Nick Houseman's report, which even opened up another can of worms, or kind of his post of, well, Jericho has people signed NDAs, and then it kind of led into all that drama. I think the thing that gets me the most, I feel like just Tony Khan's non-answer, just, like, just answer the question. It's a yes-no question. I just... I don't know if, like you said, like there's probably, like the guy's the king of NDAs, so I don't know, who who knows? Maybe he can't talk about it. I don't really know, but I just feel like the tra- the lack of transparency definitely doesn't help. When he, like you said, he keeps saying, "Oh, the safest place around," but literally two months ago he was saying he was in fear of his life and all this other stuff. So I mean, I wouldn't say something's the safest place ever if two months ago I said I was in fear of my life. So I feel like Tony Khan's transparency definitely doesn't help the company. Doesn't look good for the company. I mean, it's to keep people it just keeps kind of fueling people's fire of saying like Tony's not a good boss, and he just kind of the place sounds like it's a shit show because I mean, told Andrade not to punch Sammy Gravari did it the same night, nothing ever came out of it. Yeah, I mean, he was suspended, but he got paid. Okay, okay, like I don't know. I just feel like it just kind of goes to all like the rumors of Tony just being a bad leader and just doesn't look good on the company. And I just feel like he needs to be more transparent with people because. The more that comes out, the more it looks bad on him and the company itself. I mean, like I said, we don't need all the details for all this stuff. It's not entirely our business. But, like, as far as the safety of the performers and stuff, like, that's a pretty important thing. We can't just talk all about ratings and stuff like that, which is what a lot of these scrums are. Someone asked, was he ever under any sort of investigation? I mean, he said, I don't speak to... It wasn't... I said the word unsolicited. It wasn't unsolicited. I think it might have been... It was something like that, like, unbased... Internet rumors, that was the word that he used. Unverified rumors? Unverified, yeah. It was something like that. He said, I don't speak to that stuff. Then just say it's not true. Just say it's not true. Why not just have him come out or have Jericho issue a statement saying none of that ever happened? And when, if he isn't, my takeaway from being there and listening to what Tony Khan said, first of all, as you know, the hat and glasses thing was fucking embarrassing. I mean, come on. I mean, take your shit off. Look like a professional. This is a very serious situation. I know he probably didn't... Re- I mean, he had to have... Re- He's looking through the glasses. I mean, you don't forget that you have glasses on. Give me a break. Um, when discussing a situation like this. But it just looks like he has something to hide. And maybe he doesn't. Honestly, I'm not even saying Jericho's guilty or whatever. We have no idea. Like, we can't throw anyone under the bus because we have no clue exactly what's going on quite yet, even though it's been almost a week now. But it, it's a very, like you said, a very simple question. And if there is an NDA involved... That was my top takeaway. When I heard what he said, it sounds like there's an NDA where he can't comment on anything. He didn't even, he didn't say, I can't comment on that situation. He said, I don't speak on, I can't comment on unverified rumors or whatever it was. He didn't say in that specific situation. Like if he said that situation, that kind of confirms he has an NDA. He didn't say that. Like he said that before with Punk, when people ask about Punk, oh, I can't comment on that. He can't because there's an NDA. Um, It seems like there's a lot of NDAs flying around in that company. And I'm not sure how much of standard procedure that is. But when it comes to issues like this, I mean, it, it definitely looks like he has something to hide, and I feel like that transparency going forward is going to make or break the reputation of not only the company itself, but Tony Khan as a boss. So I completely agree with you there. No, I, I completely, I think, like you said, I just, it, the transparency would hurt. Like you said, maybe it's not true, maybe it is true, but I feel like not answering it just makes people assume it is true. Because if it wasn't true, you'd just say no. That's the thing, like, th- I think that's what makes people, like, yeah, it might not be true, but you just not saying it's not true, it just makes pe- a few of people's thought that it was true. No, yeah, that's if it a, wasn't true, you just say it. He just he never said that specific situation ever happened or it's not true. He didn't say, oh, I spoke to Chris about it. Like, that's a pretty concerning thing. There's a good chance that it never happened at all and nothing alike that never even happened. But what I neglected to mention earlier, I forgot, was that 
not only did the Kylie Ray stuff come out, I mean, that could be anything. Anyone could have posted that. I, what that Honestly, I would say it seems like it's it's not really that true if someone had just said that. Who the fuck knows? It's been years. What really got people talking was Kylie Ray responding to it with a heart emoji. She later deleted it, I believe. But, like, why would she have done that? Did she misspeak, quote-unquote? I mean, it was a text and it was an emoji. I mean, that doesn't really say anything. That doesn't confirm it, but it doesn't deny it either. Why would she write that? It seemed very strange. Um, she should probably be asked about it. I don't know. They just... It didn't sound like there was any looking into it. Making it sound like, oh, Jericho would never do anything. Like, he didn't even say that, obviously. But that's what it sounded like to me. Like, oh, Jericho would never do anything like that. So why would we even bother looking into it? I mean, even if it sounds ridiculous, you, you should probably just verify, hey, Kylie Ray, what happened here? Why did you do that? Like, is there anything to this? Can you, we discuss this? And if Tony Khan knows about what happened and he just specifically didn't say anything to save Jericho's ass or his company's ass, that's a massive issue that could end up coming out and, and really do a lot of damage if that ends up becoming true. But I guess we'll find out in due time, right? Yeah, definitely. It's 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 concerning. I mean, again, I, I can't really speak too much to it right now because we don't really have all the details. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm just kind of going off of what we've seen, what we've heard. And his response to me was the biggest takeaway. I mean, um, I mean, no no party comes out of this looking good, really. Like, why did Kylie Ray respond and then, but then delete it? What was that about? She needs to kind of verify that. And, and again, if it's not true... If that didn't happen, again, she, her mental health and stuff is, like, her own thing. Like, not to drag her into this, but, like, why would she have responded to it? She should probably come out and say that never happened. If it didn't happen, but if it did happen, then they need to investigate it further or something along those lines. Maybe not every detail is true. Maybe there's some semblance of truth to it. Um, she's obviously got her own stuff going. I think she just either had a kid or... I think she just had a kid or is in the process of being pregnant. I'm not sure. I mean, that makes it sound like she's going to get pregnant. No, she already was pregnant, I believe. I'd have to go look that up, but... Um, yeah, they would need to look that into that further and just make sure that nothing actually here is the issue. And if it's a non-story, it's a non-story, but they just need to kind of shut it down. The fact that they haven't done that yet, maybe they just think it's going to go away. Jericho wasn't on the show last night, but I guarantee you wrestling fans do not have a short memory. They will remember that stuff and they will continue to boo the guy until it kind of comes out that he was innocent or whatever happened. So I don't know. It's definitely an interesting situation and hopefully it gets cleared up soon because it's certainly concerning from all sides. Um, as it stands currently. Uh, a couple more things here for Mr. Marceau. Uh, from World's End, we'll discuss the pay-per-view in a quick second as far as overall thoughts on it. But during same media scrum, that same media scrum, Tony Khan did confirm Andrade is indeed done with the company. His contract expired the next day, December 31st. He's a free agent as of January 1st. He's done with AEW. Uh, Fightful came out soon after and reported that I guess there was some sort of a fight between the two sides on Wednesday. Andrade made it clear that he wanted out and that he wasn't resigning. Um, I don't know if his contract was up on January 1st. Tony Khan made it sound like it was. I don't think this is an early release type thing. Um, Tony Khan made it sound like they're on good terms, but again, he could be lying. Who knows? They left on amicable terms. But Andrade is indeed gone from WWE, or rather from AEW, probably on his way back to WWE. That would have been one of my predictions for this year, that we could see Andrade back in WWE at some point. And that seems to be happening sooner rather than later. So, um, your thoughts on the Andrade departure from AEW? I'm not surprised. I feel like he had, like I said, we just talked about it earlier. He had some issues with Sammy Guevara. Like, got suspended, punched him in the face. Even though it's told, he told Tony he wasn't going to do it and still did it. Um, I just feel like he never really got his footing originally. I mean, he had those matches with Cody. But, I don't know, he just seemed like another guy he was in, like, the faction with. Uh, he had a ton of different managers too, like Vicky Chavo. Um, uh, Al, is his name Alex? Not Alex. Alex the other guy. Is he, Jose. Was, Jose. Was that his name? 
Jose the assistant. Oh, Jose the assistant. You're correct. And he also so just yeah. had CJ Perry recently too. Yeah. So he had CJ Perry. I feel like once he was on collision, he might've kind of got his footing a little bit better. Um, but I kind of figured once his contract was up, especially with triple H back in charge. Um, I mean, his wife works at WWE too. I felt like once that came up, he was, he was probably going back to WWE and I think seemingly that's where he'll be going. Um, I mean, I didn't think he had, like, a terrible run. It wasn't the greatest. I feel like they just barely used him. I mean, like, Miro, I guess you could put that in the same kind of conversation. But, no, I think it was fine for what it was, but I wasn't shocked once heard his contract was up that he was not resigning. Yeah, I mean, it was to me it was underwhelming. I mean, for a guy that had a lot of buzz when he left WWE three years ago, you would think that he would have made a bigger splash in AEW. And, I mean, even his debut was botched, dude. If you go back and watch his debut, like, Vicky came out, and it was just, the way that it was done was terrible. He had a terrible debut. And he ended up not wrestling for, like, months. And they did the pack feud that ended up going nowhere. They got bumped from All Out. I think that was an injury thing, though. He did not end up having a singles match on pay-per-view until World's End, where he lost to Miro. And what was a good match? A little long, but a good match. And now he's gone from the company. So at least they rode him out, which was well done. Um, they could have very easily pulled like a, it's, it's not a Lex Luger situation. I saw people saying that the other day, it wouldn't be the exact same thing, but they could have pulled a complete 180 WWE and just brought him in for raw on Monday. That would have been surreal. They did not do that. I don't know if they knew about the rock thing, which we'll get to in a second. And they didn't want to overshadow Andrade. I'm not sure, but, um, it seems like it's inevitable that he's on his way back. I know Charlotte's hurt right now, so maybe he wants to stay at home with her for a little while. I'm not sure. But at this point, seeing as how he didn't show up on Monday's Raw, I could see him showing up in the Men's Royal Rumble. I feel like that would make the most sense. Yeah, I think that would make the most sense, and I would probably put him on SmackDown because that's where Charlotte is. Can kind of put him in that whole LWO, Santos, whatever the hell's going on right now. Um, there you go. So that, I was I disagree with you there. I think I know Charlotte's on SmackDown. I mean, she's out hurt right now. She's going to be out hurt for a long time. So I don't think you have to put him on SmackDown. I mean, I think you could put him on Raw and then draft him to SmackDown after the draft or draft Charlotte to Raw, whatever it is, so they're on the same show. I would actually rather keep him out of the LWO stuff. I mean, Carlito getting okay. involved made sense. Dragon Lee is like an ally in there. He's kind of involved. That makes sense. I mean, I don't want to see all of their Latino talent in one angle just because I feel like Santos now has... Garza and Carrillo, we haven't really talked about that, but he brought them in as part of his little group. I don't know if it's new, the new Legato or whatever. Um, that's a thing on SmackDown now. Andrade should probably be a heel. He should probably be doing his own thing. Um, do you see him having more success this time around? The last time he wasn't a complete failure in WWE. I mean, obviously his NXT run was great overall. And he was United States champion of the main roster for a number of months. But it never really felt like they knew what to do with him overall in WWE, which is why he left a few years ago. But do you see now that Triple H is running things, him having a higher ceiling in that company? Maybe not exactly world champion, but, I don't know, more prominently featured this time around? I think so. Um, like I said, I feel like, I mean, it's not like he had a horrible, I feel like people think that like he had like a horrible run the first time. I mean, like I said, he was great in NXT, had a couple championship runs on, on Raw and SmackDown. I think it was just on Raw. So I remember the United States Championship one, definitely. Um, like I said, I feel like, yeah, it could work for Raw. I feel like Raw needs more, like, good heels. I mean, they really don't have anyone but, besides Judgment Day and, and Drew. I mean, the well runs pretty dry there. So, I mean, him going on Raw, they have so many over baby faces. Um, I feel like you could fit him right in as a heel. Like I said, Charlotte's going to be out for a while. I guess I didn't think of that. Um, so she doesn't have to go right to SmackDown. They could either draft them both or whatever the hell happens in the draft. But she's not going to be back within probably the year or so. He can go to either Rod Smith. It won't totally matter right now. So I think he'll be a heel. 
I think honestly, he's probably what they. He's. I think he could be a bigger star than Santos. Um, okay, interesting. So I mean, I think so. I like Andrade a lot more than Santos. I mean, his NXT run alone, I feel like, was great. Obviously, didn't really translate when he went to to, to main roster, but I feel like he. If I had to put money on anyone to be like the big new Latino star, I'd put it all on Andrade. I mean, actually, you really have three. I mean, they have a lot of Latino stars, which is great. But you honestly kind of have three options with Dragon Lee, and Dragon Lee's incredible too. Um, he's more of like the Ray masked Marvel than obviously Santos or Andrade is. That's interesting you say that. I'm sticking by what I've said in the past. I think Santos has a higher ceiling than Andrade, and I'm not just saying that because Andrade's been there, done that. He always washed. I mean, he's not washed. The guy's still great. He's obviously older at this point. I mean, Santos isn't a, isn't a spring chicken either. I just feel like Santos. They both have great looks. I just feel like Santos can talk more. He he just he just has a way better promo ability, I think, than Andrade, who can speak English better now than he has in the past. But I just feel like that's the biggest holdup with Andrade. Not that that should relegate him to like the undercard, not at all. Um, he should still be a, a a big star for them. But I just feel like the l- lack of promo skills for Andrade has really been what's hindered him in WWE in the past. But then again, if you put him back with a mouthpiece like a Zelina Vega, that might not be an issue. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just almost think Andrade is, I mean, not that Vince is still there, but he has, I mean, be- better body if you want to go in that direction. And I just looked it up. He's Andrade is also five years younger than, than Santos Escobar is, which... Andrade's five years younger than Santos? Andrade's 34 and Santos is 39. No shit. Is that real? Oh I have a pulled up here. Wow. That's actually... I would honestly think that Andrade was older because I feel like Andrade's been around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, wow. Santos turns 40 in April and Andrade turns 35 in November. That's crazy. WWE really waited to sign Santos until he was like 30. I mean, he's been in the company for like five years, really. That's a long yeah. time. Wow. So, I mean, I, I would even double down even on it more now. Interesting. Okay. All right. I think both can be great. I'm not, I don't want to pick, oh, you got to pick one Latino star to go. Not at all. No, I mean, no, I, yeah, I, I no, no, no. Agree. I, I think they're both good. Yeah, um, no. Interesting. I feel like Andrade is like what Triple H really wanted, and then obviously he left and it kind of turned to Santos. I think they're both great, but I'd, I'd put more on Andrade. Hey, I like him a lot. I would, that's why I would put him on separate shows even more. I would, I mean, an eventual feud would be fucking sick. I think an eventual feud slash match between them would be amazing. Um, but you put them on separate, uh, on separate programs, I think, and they can both be big stars on their respective shows. They're doing well with Santos right now. I don't think he wins that match tomorrow night to become number one contender of the U.S. title. He, he shouldn't. Um, it should be Kevin Owens against Logan Paul, the Rumble. Uh, Carlito just came back on Tuesday's NXT as part of the LWO six-man tag, so he can cost them the match, and we can finally get Carlito and Santos. A lot of different things you can do there. Uh, last thing on Andrade, though, when he does arrive on TV, Charlotte won't be back for a long time. We know that. But what would you rather see? Because you can't really do both. Would you rather see him back with Zelina Vega, who's on SmackDown, but you can have her switch shows? Because she's not really doing anything now. She's in the LWO, but, you know, and she's over as a babyface. But I think her and Andrade was a fucking money pairing back in the day. Do you put him back with Zelina, or would you rather see something new entirely and put him with Charlotte, his real-life wife, and see what they can do on TV together? (sighs) I'd rather put him with Zelina. I just... I don't know. I feel like Charlotte's just too big of a star. She just overmatch him. It's like the whole stable Mark Marrow. I just, I wouldn't put him with Charlotte. I like him with Zelina. I just love her as a baby face. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it really totally wouldn't matter. I mean, if she went to Raw, I mean, she's more over than all the women there anyways. Um, I agree with you. I mean, as far as being more over than the women. I love her as a baby face, but I wouldn't want to turn her heel. That's the thing. Who's Zelina? Yeah, no, I agree. Zelina. I mean, I, I guess feel she... like, like I said, I just also feel like I don't want to see her and 
Charlotte on TV. I just gives me Mark Maro Sable vibes, and I don't think that needs to. Ha- I feel like he's better with Zelina. I mean, we wouldn't know unless they try. I mean, I I agree with you to an extent with there. My holdup with the with the pairing of Charlotte and Andrade, and this sounds weird because I know they're actually married in real life. I just don't see the on screen chemistry between the two. I just feel like that's such a weird fucking pairing character wise, Andrade yeah, and no, Charlotte. I agree. I mean, we've never seen Charlotte with another male superstar in the show, so it would be something new for her. It would be something different for him. I don't know. I mean, it's not like they're going after mixed tag team titles, and they shouldn't even have that. That'd be a terrible idea. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's something... I, I wouldn't be opposed to them trying it. I'm I just more of a... like a one-off it'd work. Like, maybe do, like, when Charlotte's eventually back. Like Rollins and Becky or like something. Andrade I don't know. versus, like, Rhea and Dominic. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Yeah, actually, work, yeah. But, like, I don't want it to be, like, a... Uh, like a pairing that needs to go on for like ever. I feel like in like a certain situation, like I said, like maybe her and Rhea are feuding and Donovan keeps like getting involved and Andrade comes and helps Charlotte. But like, I don't want to be like a normal on-screen thing. No, I agree. I mean, I mean, Charlotte's a fucking heel always. So even when she's a baby face, so that doesn't even matter if you put them together. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, honestly, you could, I said Andrade's a better heel than he is, but you maybe could, I, I would have to look at the, roster for Raw and see what they have for heels and what they have for baby faces. And they just turned Miz baby face, so he probably wouldn't be a baby face because that's another person on the baby face side. But they have so many faces. I they do. I know they have Gargano and Ciampa, but they're also a tag team right now, so I don't really count them necessarily. But like, I, I just say baby face because maybe you could do Andrade and Gunther off the bat. I don't think he beats Gunther. I don't think he should beat Gunther. I still think it'll be Chad Gable. Call me crazy. But crazy. I think <laughs> I, I do think that match would fucking would would cook though. I think that match would slap. To steal a word from the kids. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you have Bronson Reed, who's a heel that's just not really over. Yeah. Imperium, Viking Raiders. Yeah, they have Ivar. Ivar's, you know, he's fine. He's fine. I know you don't um, really care, but you know. In the sheer. Yeah, they really, that's literally all the heels I see, just quick glance. And Gunther, Everyone obviously. the baby yeah. face that's extremely over so yeah. okay maybe maybe they can turn him heel instead maybe they can have him as a heel I like Zelina as a baby face though so I don't know I guess we'll see what they do with him in due time uh, the world's end thing overall thoughts on the show and the devil reveal with uh, Adam Cole and Samoa Joe becoming champion I, I the overall show was kind of weak uh, I enjoyed being there but I thought the overall show wasn't great it was fine by AEW standards, it was weak, in my opinion. But I, I like the ending, though, with Joe becoming champion and Cole being the devil. I said to you last week, the only acceptable outcome to me would Cole being the devil, and that's exactly what they did. I, like I said, I thought the show overall was just like, eh. I thought the main event was really good, like you said. I thought Joe winning was, was what needed to happen. I mean, Cole being the devil, I mean, they're like shocking. I, I mean, No, it's I not shocking. People, it wasn't shocking at all. I feel like everyone knew it was coming. I mean, it made sense. I thought his reasoning on Dynamite kind of sucked honestly like his reason was like oh i just didn't like want to protect him from you guys like what but like what he didn't get anything out of it okay he lost the championship but it's not like cole won it or anything no i think it was more about him just making mjf's life miserable by mm, turning on him i, I guess I, I understand i feel like it's a bad reason but okay well, I, I think if obviously i think him being injured might have went into it like i feel like if he uh, definitely injured, he probably would have been the one to beat him i, I guess because i think that makes sense um like I said, I mean, we'll see where it goes. I don't know. I mean, I think he's going to be out for a while. The whole Undisputed Kingdom, I, I, I guess, another group. 
I mean, he's going to do the whole Luchasaurus Christian thing, I guess. When he wins, Wardlow is just going to drop the belt to him. God, no, please. I heard that last night. I'm thinking, uh, fuck, dude. Just, we already well, saw this. Roll my eyes at that. Like, we already saw this God, with MJF. No. Why would Wardlow do the exact same thing? I think Wardlow's just waiting waiting until his contract's up, and I hope he is. Because, I mean, him being in the group is fine, but that little line where, like, oh, they're planting this possibility for him to turn on Cole. We already saw this with MJF a year or two ago. We don't need to see this shit again. No thanks. Yeah, it seems like, like I said, I, once he said that, I was like, dude, what are we doing here? I like Warlow a lot. I just feel like they just don't they just don't know what to do with him, so they just keep putting him in groups. He's just like the heavy, and then he breaks up, he wins a couple matches, and then he's off TV, and then he gets in another group, and then we move on. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I really don't, but yeah, we'll see what happens know. there. But like I said, I thought the main event was good. The rest of the show just was kind of there. I mean, people's reaction online kind of went, went kind of, Right with that kind of thought, so that was a decent show. Definitely one of the probably the weakest show of the year. I mean, oh, definitely. I, yeah. I think that's what I like. Yeah, so I thought the main event was good. Like Joe winning, um, Cole reveal. Well, like I said, I think it obviously was probably going to go a different direction before he got hurt. Um, I mean, Strong doing the fucking Adam thing still. Can we please? <laughs> <laughs> like the Kingdom, like dude, they're fucking glorified losers. With like, like he's like they're they're champions. Like in a promotion that no one cares about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just, to me, it's just laughable. But no, like I you said, at least it made sense. At least it wasn't Jungle Boy or fucking Nick Nameth or. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. I'll go with you on that one. Could have been worse. No, I thought it was the best outcome. Really, the whole thing wasn't really necessary, but I get why they did it. You're probably right, honestly, thinking about it with uh, where they were going to go with it instead. Because when you really think about it, why did they give Joe a title shot in the first place to lose, only to come back and win? I think Joe is, obviously, he was never going to win the title. I know Meltzer was, oh, this was always the plan. Yeah, it's always been the plan because Cole got fucking hurt, you idiot. Like, obviously, this was not where they were going originally, I don't think. I think no, Joe. because I feel like he, wa- yeah, like, yeah, he wanted to cause MGF, like, whatever, but, like, he would have to, like, he didn't get anything out. Besides that, like, pure joy, like, he didn't get anything out of it. Like, usually when the turn happens, it'd be like, he wins the title and screws MGF over. Like, no, I know. Like, yeah. yeah. That's what was supposed to happen. I think what he meant was was that this was always the plan before MJF got her. I could see that being the case. I don't think this was the plan before Cole got her. Because remember, Cole actually helped MJF lose, uh, I'm sorry, beat Joe at Grand Slam. That's the whole reason why he was out there. Why would he help MJF retain that show? But then he helps him lose on this show. That makes no fucking sense. Because I think he was going to help him beat Joe on that show. And then they were they might have still done the devil stuff. They, they probably would have. And they might have still done, they could have done Cole and MGF again at World's End in a rematch from All In, and that's where he turned on him and took the title. I think that would have been yeah, more likely. Yeah, that's what I think originally was supposed to happen. Yeah, and they just changed plans. Listen, honestly, blessing in disguise. I'm glad Joe's getting a run. I don't know how long it's going to last. It could last a fucking week. It's better than nothing. The guy hasn't held a major title in a major company in 15 years. Do you even count TNA as a major company? It was a yes. shame. You say yes? Yes. <laughs> It was a shame that he never got a world title run in WWE. He had a million title shots, never won a single time. The fact that Jinder fucking Mahal held that belt for six months, as we were reminded by on Raw, um, and Joe never got to hold the title for a day is just egregious. But, you know, I'm happy for him. I like the reveal. We'll see where they go with it. Last thing, I promise you, um, the Rock and Roman thing on Raw, I'll keep this brief because I already went off about it on Hashtag. Fucking no. I mean, Rock and Roman's got to be the Elimination Chamber main event. I'm curious where you stand on this because 
to me, it, it's got to be Elimination Chamber. And none, none of this WrestleMania crap. I do not want it at Mania. The match probably won't be that good. Rock will not be around to promote it. Roman will not be around to promote it. Um, I just think that'd be a terrible idea. But where do you stand on it? Jesus. Um, <laughs> I can tell you how I really I, feel. Oh, uh, say, tell me how you really feel while you're at it. No, I, I mean, I, I went, I, I popped. I mean, I'm not yeah, going to lie. Too. I popped. I got excited. Um, I don't want to see the WrestleMania. I think Perth show makes the most sense. I mean, people are like, oh, night one face Roman, night two face Cody. I mean, I just don't even think that should even be a thing. I, I want to see the match. Like, people saying they want to see the match, then you're, I mean, I think that's a little strong, but. I just don't think it needs to be at WrestleMania. So I would do it at the Pro Show. Roman beats him there. Go to WrestleMania. Probably beat Cody. Hopefully lose the Cody, but probably beats Cody. And then he holds the belt for another year. So, I mean, <laughs> I think I, I want to see the match. I just, at this point, even on Raw, like, Rock was, like, blown up from a promo. I could Seriously. only imagine what he's going to be in the ring. Um, but I think for, like, like you said, maybe, like, for the Pro Show, it be, like, a nice, a nice little special match. Um, but I don't want to see it at WrestleMania. So you agree that it's okay to do it on that Elimination Chamber show? Because you got to remember, as you just said, it's in Perth, 70,000-person arena. I know it's not Mania. It's a Mania match. I get it, dude. But guess what? They fucking blew it. They should have done it last year. They could have done it the year before. They fucked themselves. Rock fucked himself. You waited too long. If you want to do it, listen, now you do it on our terms because you're not coming back and messing up our story with Cody Rhodes. And I'm not going to, you know off myself because Cody Rhodes won't get the match at Mania, but it just makes no sense to me to not do Cody and Roman at Mania and to not have Cody win. I'm done with this bullshit and people saying, oh, then you just wait until next year to do Cody and Roman. No, we're not waiting until 2025. Dude, the guy's already been champion for almost four years. He shouldn't have won last year, let alone this year. Like, I know you like Roman. I like Roman. We all like, I mean, not everyone likes Roman, but, <laughs> you know. Everyone likes Roman. Wait, actually, never mind. Maybe, maybe not everyone. People are tired of it. I'm tired of it. We got to move on, dude. We got to move on. He should not have won last year. I say that to you every single week here. I know I'm annoying about it, but he should have fucking not won last year. Honestly, if Cody won last year, you could have done Rock and Roman Mania without the title on the line. And he's not doing, do not give me this shit that you can do Rock and Roman Night 1 and Cody and Roman Night 2. That is stupid. That is dumb. What if Roman gets hurt? You're not going to promote both matches simultaneously. That is dumb. Rock is not main eventing night one of WrestleMania. That's like opening the show. He's not doing that. I mean, Chamber makes more sense because you'll be in the central central spotlight. You'll get his own little show. They can build it up going into that pay-per-view. Cody can do something else for a couple weeks. If he doesn't win the Rumble, and I don't think he should, he can win the Elimination Chamber, do whatever else he wants. I, I just think waiting on it and doing it at SummerSlam. Someone asked me on Twitter, like, oh, what if they're... It, it makes no sense to give away Rock and Roman on like a six-week build. What, do you think Rock's going to show up intermittently over the next year and plant the match? No, they're not planting the seeds for anything. They're planting the seeds, I mean, they are, but not for a match in a year from now. This isn't fucking Sting and Hogan and WCW from 25 years ago. They're going to do the match and get it over with. Rock is not showing up beyond when he has to. The guy could barely show up. He didn't show up for four fucking years, and now he shows up and acting like he's been here the whole time. I mean, give me a break. I pop when Rock showed up, but people need to stop with this nonsense, and it needs to happen at WrestleMania. No, it doesn't, dude. Elimination Chamber is going to be a big show. It's not Mania. I get it. I totally understand that. But I'm not doing this shit where... Roman is not losing to The Rock. I don't know how many times I have to say this, but Rock is not winning. If you do Rock and Roman at Mania, not that I do care because that's not, I want to see it even though it's going to be a disaster probably. And like you said, he was gassed five minutes into his promo like that SpongeBob meme that people have been sharing all week. I joked about that earlier with you before we hit record. But Rock's not fucking winning. So like it's just... It's a lame main event. Cody and Roman is more unpredictable. Cody could win, which would... I. Sounds fucking awful, but he could win. 
Um, that's the match to do. I don't really know what else to say about this other than Roman. And, I'm so passionate about this. I've said this to you multiple times, but just because Rock is back on Monday, people flipped out. Oh, it's going to happen at Mania. No, it's not. Who said it's happening at Mania? I mean, God, my, let, let, give it. Maybe, maybe it will. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive it happens at Chamber. If they just have Rock come back and take the spot away from Cody, I think that's incredibly stupid. I think that'd be very dumb, but I don't want to rant about that until we find out it's the fact, which I don't think it is. <laughs> I agree, though. I think, like I said, I think the problem. I think the biggest problem is at this point. I don't think Roman's losing. So, like I said, if it's at WrestleMania, it'd be like a lame duck main event. And then if Rock won, it'd be fucking ridiculous. So exactly, I, exactly. So I just feel like I would. Ho- I would just do it at the Pro Show. Like you said, it's gonna be a big stadium, international. Maybe Rock has some movies coming up down under somewhere. I don't know. Maybe you can land a couple roles out there <laughs> and. uh Put Roman over and we move on. I mean, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, it's a big show. It's not like they're playing in an arena. Like I said, it's going to be in a stadium as big as the one at WrestleMania. It's international. Maybe they get some, like I said, maybe he's in the next Kangaroo Jack or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but no no thank you to winning or at WrestleMania. You literally just said it right there. And these are my thoughts on the entire situation. Roman, Rock, Rhodes, everyone. I got five words for you. It's time to move on. We got to move on past Rock and Roman. I'm tired of fucking hearing about this shit. Is it happening? Is it not happening? Is he working? When's it happening? Get it over with and move on. I'm tired of the Roman title run stuff. It's time to fucking move on. I'm also tired of the finish your story bullshit. Give him the belt and move on. I'm not going to boo Cody when he wins the belt. I wanted to win the belt. It's going to be a big moment. But I told you last year, you could check the audio recording. I have this on record. When Cody wins it the second time, in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, it will not be as big as it would have been a year ago because everyone, it's a bit more likely now that he wins compared to a year ago. That's a fact. And I feel like they fucking dropped the ball, but I don't have a time machine. I don't have a DeLorean. I can't change time. He should at least win at WrestleMania 40. And if he loses again, I don't even know. I honestly don't even know what to say. Because, I mean, I think that's a pretty, it's pretty plausible. Um, is that among your predictions for 2024 as we wind down here? Among your uh, things that that you expect to happen this year? That Roman the wins Cody, at WrestleMania? <laughs> that Cody loses again? <laughs> I mean... I, I think Cody think wins. Bold. I really don't think it's bold. I think there's a chance it can happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, like you said, it's time to move on. Roman loses the belt. SmackDown finally gets a champion, and it's whatever. But the more I wait, the more I just feel like he's not gonna. I don't know. I think if I was gonna make a prediction, I would say Cody is gonna win, but I just have like a gut feeling that Roman's gonna retain. Unfortunately, um, I don't know. I really don't. It's tough. It's one that's like literally the boldest prediction because I feel like it go both ways. Yeah, yeah. Is that your uh, is that your biggest bold prediction for twenty twenty four? Anything else you expect to happen? Drew or Rollins leaving or something like that happening? Um, I mean, like I said, I think that's. I mean. That's, like, the boldest one because I feel like either of them could literally win at this point. I feel like, like you said, the thing is, you just said it and said that Cody would win the second time, wouldn't be as big. But I feel like there's a good chance Roman could retain, so it might actually be, like, a big pop if Cody does beat him here. Um, i trying to think. I'll give you a bold prediction. I think Drew, I, I, I don't think this is definite. I'm not, like, heart set on this, but I think his contract comes due. He doesn't resign. People expect him to go back to WWE, and he shows up at All In instead and signs with AEW. That's my predict- That's my boldest prediction for 2024. That's pretty bold. Jeez, mm. um, that's a bold prediction. <laughs> um, shit. Um, I feel like this, I think something that's, like, big. I feel I, like, well, go ahead, but I was going to say, like, I feel like there's a lot of people that you expect to lose their titles, a mania, you know, Gunther, Rhea, Roman, one of them is not going to, I feel like they're not going to do all of those title changes, one of them's probably going to retain. 
Yeah, I feel like it could be Rhea. But yeah, I, I could see know. Rhea beating Becky. I, I definitely could. I don't know how bold this is, but I'll say like Stratton gets called up and wins one of the main titles in 24. Okay, okay. That's I mean, a good I prediction. I have a feeling. I think, well, who do you think getting, who gets called up this year? I mean, I think Breaker, I mean, unless we're going to, he's going to be in there in, for the NXT retirement tour, I don't know. But I feel like he gets called <laughs> up this year. Carmelo, I'm not going to say Trick. I think Trick could, but I feel like they're going to probably want to give him a title win first. I don't know about Ilya. I don't know where he stands, but I think Carmelo, Breaker, definitely Stratton, Roxanne. Um, for tag teams, who do they even have? Now, don't don't say OTM. Um, man. I don't know if Chase U's ever getting the call up. I don't really care either way, but I don't know if they'll ever get the call up. I don't. Who do they even have for tag teams? Like, oh, Tony D'Angelo. I feel like is, he has to get called up this year. It's been way too long. Uh, any other call up predictions aside the ones I mentioned? No, I think you pretty much hit on. I mean, I think there's a chance maybe Lyra. I feel like it's not. I think Roxanne and, and and Stratton are more important right now. I feel like Lyra still can stay down actually a little bit longer. I mean, with Perez and Breaker specifically, I think Stratton's starting to get there. They're just, like, literally starting to spin wheels. Um, I mean, they're on TV every week, but they're not doing anything of, like, great note. I mean, Roxanne's seemingly turning heel, so maybe they're trying to see what that looks like. Um, but the other two, Breaker and Strand specifically, like, they're, they're, they're just ready to get called up. Like, there's nothing else for them to do at this point. Yeah, I could see them. I could see Blair Davenport as well. Cora Jade, maybe... But I feel like she'll get a run with the belt first. So Blair Davenport probably. They do nothing, most likely. But I could see her getting called up. Um, Jade will probably be on the main roster at some point this year, I would have to think. I think she'll be in the Women's Rumble. I think Ken Shamrock... winning the Rumbles? I think Punk wins the men's, and I think Bailey wins the women's. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan of both of them, but I just think that makes the most sense. I think, I think Rhodes gets his title shot another way, if not by winning the Elimination Chamber match. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I guess we're both agreeing on that. Agreeing on, okay. I mean, those aren't bold, but I feel like that would make the most sense. I will say this, though. You want a bold prediction? I think Punk goes to Mania and loses. I think I think Rollins retains and Punk goes heel after that. That's my prediction. And then we get, like, Summer Punk and him and Rollins are at at SummerSlam? I could, yeah, I, don't, I mean, they would, I mean, they're doing Rollins and Punk at Mania, I think. They'll probably do the rematch before then. I don't know if they feud all the way to SummerSlam. I mean, you could easily say Roman and Punk at SummerSlam. I don't, I just don't know where that would really fit in. I feel like if Roman loses at Mania, and that's my prediction, I think Roman will go away for a, like until SummerSlam. I don't think he has to show up before then. I think he could disappear until SummerSlam, and maybe he comes back in a baby face. Do you think he, at SummerSlam, he'd face Cody again? I could see that. I don't think he would. I know people said, oh, what about Randy Orton? Eh, maybe. I think Cody Rhodes becomes champion, and his first real challenger is a heel Kevin Owens. For drafting him off the show. I feel like that would make a lot of sense. I could see that. I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, do you see anyone like winning a... I mean, Roman's been champion for God knows how fucking long now. So it's it's kind of held that title hostage. Rollins has been champion for a long time. Do you see anyone winning their first world title in 2024 beyond maybe Cody Rhodes? Like I'm thinking maybe like a Sami Zayn or something like that. I, I'm thinking Sami Zayn. I don't know if LA Knight wins a world title this year. I don't think he will. But I do think he wins the US title at WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Um, Anyone else? I don't know. Like I said, I feel like they have their strangleholds on the belts. I feel like Gunther could hold it for a while. Oh, Gunther. Gunther, too. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I I think he could wear the world championship. He could win in Berlin. He could win in Berlin. Yeah, Um, yeah, no, that's what I I feel like. Trying to think well, it's... I mean, usually Chad Gable. I think Jey Uso should win the Intercontinental belt. That's a good prediction. 
That's just a Mark puck, but uh, better than Jimmy and Jay. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy needs to like figure out what the fuck he's doing in his career. <laughs> Jimmy and Jay at this point is literally the unsexiest match in WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't know how Jay, you make seriously. it sexier. I don't. I yeah. feel like the story should be there. Like it's there, but then like they just never followed up on it, and then yeah. Jay, Jimmy is just such a stooge at this point. I'd rather just see him and I'd rather see Jay and Solo at this point. Um. If we're going to get any kind of him versus family, because Jimmy is just, I mean, I assume we'll get something at the Rumble that'll probably kind of reheat it up again. But, like, last time we saw them interacting, Jay, like, kicked Roman and Jimmy in the face and we and Solo, and we haven't seen them interact since, so who knows. Well, I mean, he did, well, no, he's, he did cost them the tag titles. They did interact oh, a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 I forgot about that. Yeah, they did interact a few times, but listen, if you open up your freezer right now, you'll see Jay Uso sitting there on the top shelf. I mean, he's fucking cold as ice right now. I, Jimmy Uso, you meant. Jimmy, Jimmy Uso, I'm sorry, not Jay. I apologize. Jimmy Uso. And I listen, I think the guy's entertaining. We were at SmackDown. He was very funny sitting in front of us fucking selling whatever happened. But he's not a threat. Jay Uso is like over like Rover. Jimmy on his own, you take him away from the bloodline, he is not over. <laughs> he is not over at all. So they got to figure what the fuck's going on there. I don't know what's going on there, but they got to figure it out. It's like other like talent, like Le- like I would have never thought Edge would have left AEW. So I mean that was pretty shocking. Um, I mean I still think AJ Styles getting one more run outside of WWE would be cool. It sounds like he's in WWE for life, but they've just done nothing with him really in recent years. So I would like to see him leave. I don't think he will. But like I could see Ricky Starks coming to WWE this year if his contract allows for it. Malachi Black come on home. Um, Keith Lee, I don't know what his deal looks like, but he's another one I could see leaving. I think Swerve wins the AEW World Championship this year. I think he fucking has to. If he doesn't, that's egregious. That's booking malpractice, but um, not exactly bold, but those are some things I could see happening this year. No, I think I think you hit them all well. I don't think anyone else, like I think Becky and Seth stay. Yeah. Keith Lee should definitely leave, Jesus Christ. If he could, if he um, can, yeah. More of those, same thing. Yep. Yeah, no one else at the top of my head pops off. Like, like again, another bold one, Jade Cargill leaving. Who would have ever thought one, her deal was up, and two, that she would leave for WWE? Because she had everything going for her. So even if someone's like, we're going off of people that have had, like, underwhelming runs recently in AEW, but we're not even thinking about the people that are doing well that could still leave at the, you know, top of their, at the top of their momentum, so to speak, you know? Like, we're not thinking about the Jades or, like, the Britt Bakers. I mean, I don't think Britt leaves, but... You know, you never know. You honestly never know. The last couple of months have been crazy. So, Andrade was a shoe in I mean, that was bound to happen at some point. But, I don't know. Ricky Starks is tag team champion. That doesn't mean he doesn't want to leave at some point. I would keep an eye out for him and uh, other people of that ilk. And same thing from WWE. Someone that's at the top of their game right now could very well go to AEW. I mean, Edge, again, he's not any of those people. But, you know, I thought he would end his career in WWE. And he's back in AEW. So, you never know what might happen. Um, but we'll revisit this in the year, Mr. Marceau, and we'll see how we got every single prediction wrong, I'm sure. Uh, I, I don't have a great batting average with this stuff, so we'll revisit it on the first show of 2025. Until then, though, a lot more to discuss next week here on the show. New episodes every single Thursday. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Podbean, Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single Thursday. Have a great new year, Mr. Marceau. Happy New Year, and I'll catch your ass, uh, ass. I'll catch your ass next Thursday, Mr. Marceau. See you later. See you, brother. Join Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau every Thursday as they run down their weekly wrestling rants, offer expert analysis, host exclusive interviews, and more. 
Subscribe today on all your favorite podcast platforms and never miss an episode of Wrestle Rant Radio.